Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 516, December 10th, 2020. We reached a high of 54 degrees on this day in 1979, and just two years previously, it was 18 below in 1977. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. It's not me breathing. Is your flashlight king? I'm not breathing. Fireworks commissioner. No, that leaves John Hyde. Keeper of common sense. Your man, Joe Sushere. Today, Reavers is bringing me a new microphone system. Mm Mm-hmm. If that does not cure uh, what I apologize for mightily, this was it this bad? Why was the sound not this bad in the summer? It, it's always been. It, this it's bad, always Joe. been. It's always been yeah. under this condition. And uh, will you do me a favor? Um, will you explain to the listener how we're going to change out those mics? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Repeat what what just happened off the air, Such. <laughs> Well, I still have to wear a headphone, don't I? Yep. Yep. Where will that plug in? That'll plug into the same spot where. Uh, yeah, we'll just, jack. we we shouldn't do this to the listener. That's the microphone that gets plugged into the microphone jack. Right. <laughs> but my promise to the listeners is, if that doesn't solve the problem, I'm I'm out of here. I'm back in the studio. Well, I can't I, take I, it anymore. I will say this though: the our guy Jake in engineering, he sets you up, man. Well, a because he's a fan of the show, but you've got you're going to have a, a microphone of the same quality in in the studio. Chris, I already have a concern though. This microphone includes a desktop stand, correct? Not a boom, correct? correct? Yes. He's going to knock that thing oh, across the room. Know. Every time he puts his hand down, you're going to hear it. Uh, and I do think we need to get Joe a mic boom. Okay. Uh, I had a deep thought today. All right. Okay. The uh, Minneapolis City Council has removed $8 million from the police budget, and the St. Paul City Council approved a $633 million budget that does not grant any more money to the police. And what you keep hearing from the salon is we hear from the community members uh, that we need to have a conversation about uh, fewer police. And I got thinking, no, you don't. Where is, I've never heard a conversation about that. Have you ever come out of Walgreens and been stopped by a stranger who says, hey, you want to have a conversation about fewer police on the streets? There's Beat no it, conversation. Pal. There's no conversation <laughs> yeah. about this in the neighborhoods of Minneapolis and St. Paul. This is wholly the invention of community activists who win city council seats, and they're so far corrupted in their thinking that they believe police are antithetical to public safety. They're the ones having the conversation. We're not. Right. There's nobody, no one I know is having the conversation. And I'm entitled to say that because as we sit here, no neighborhood in the Twin Cities is safe. I don't care if you're Highland Park or Como or Miriam Park or Mac Groveland or Frogtown, Payne, Phelan. You're not safe. It's the same in Minneapolis. You're not Kenwood. safe anywhere. Kenwood, yeah, you're, not, you're no safer than anywhere else, Kenwood. 
Tangled no safer down. than anywhere else. Yeah, Especially yeah. when a fourteen-year-old wants to sneak up behind you, clobber you over the head with the butt end of a pistol, and steal your car. And that's if you're lucky and don't get shot. And no one, no one is having a conversation. No one who lives a normal life. No one who's trying to lead a productive life and pay the bills and go to work and struggle through COVID. No one I know has ever had a conversation about fewer police. This is an invention of the salon. This is an invention of the mystery. And it's happening in every big city in the country. Do you think the people of Portland, Oregon, outside the activists in Antifa, are having a conversation about fewer police? And here you, is, think the, oh. you think the people of Seattle are having a conversation about fewer police? No, I, I think, Joe, it's quite the opposite. I think most community members are having a conversation about we need more police and we, we certainly don't need less police. Mitra Jalili and Nelsie Yang... Two St. Paul City Council members, after the approval of the budget on a 5-2 vote, they were the dissenters. They said they were disappointed that they let the community down. Mm -hmm. You didn't let anybody down, you morons. We want police. We're the ones paying your bills. We want police. It's just pathetic. It's just my deep thought for the day. And here's, uh, to, to add on to that, Joe, we were just talking about uh, the light rail project that's coming to the Southwest Metro that absolutely nobody asked for in that area. This is just because you're outside now of the 694, 494 loop, you're not going to be safe once this is complete. Mm-hmm. No, um, but I did have a thought about them wanting to have conversations, Joe. I think they want to have conversations with fellow activists and people that agree that we want less police. They don't want to have conversations with like the people you mentioned that are working eight to ten hours a day that are raising a family that that you know that need police they want to have conversations with people that will back up their points of view yeah but their point of view is so corrosive their point of view is that the police are the problem Mm -hmm. they believe police police are antithetical to public safety no one i know has that belief no one no one black white Hispanic, Hmong, white, yellow, red, blue, man, woman. No one I know has that belief except these fools. And they keep getting elected in every big city in the country. And they're ruining the cities of the country. They're ruining mm-hmm. them. Anyway, the, the positive Thursday. Yeah. Well, we're going to get right back to it. <laughs> Joe, today you talked about the rare times lakes freeze overnight with no wind producing a mirror-like surface begging for skaters. I've only witnessed this phenomenon once in the over 30 years of trips to Whitefish Lake, east of Pequot Lakes, to the family cabin. It was unimaginable to seemingly skate forever. While this is a utopia for skater, for hockey, not so much. It takes a (laughs) long time to retrieve an errant shot. (laughs) But for the ultimate thrill, imagine skating on a freshly frozen ice that sings to you. Check out this video of a guy in Sweden. This is from Martin, and he linked us to a, a, a video of a fellow, a solitary fellow, out skating on a lake in Sweden, and the lake is talking to him. Oh. Sounds like my microphone. 
I'm getting the elevator stomach. I can't watch this video. Listen to that. Wow. This fellow's having the time of his life just skating along. Thank you. That's enough. See, I, mm. I, I can't believe that doesn't give you the elevator stomach. Not a bit. The ice is so thin. Oh, okay. <laughs> How thin is it? it well, I mean, the, the part of this says uh, skaters like this search for the thinnest black ice possible. Mm -hmm. To which I say, yeah, until you fall in. When did well, you turn into a, a city, at Chris? You were born in the country. I know. What, what, what happened to you? I've never, yeah. I've ever I since I was a you, kid. Your, your brothers and father are mocking you right now. Probably, <laughs> but I've never been a fan of the ice. I've never, oh. I, I've no. always had a fear of the ice. That's reasonable. A lot of people feel that yeah. way. Uh, speaking of uh, farm reared. Downing notes, cheater was a new one to me, too. Three-prong adapter or grounding adapter or what we said on the Downing farm. But we didn't need them all the time because Grandpa sometimes just cut the extra prong off a new tool. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa was awesome. <laughs> Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. I am in the middle of listening to the podcast uh, he refers to yesterday's and really enjoying the discussion about the cheater plug or mainly the term used by many for a grounded to non-grounded plug adapter since these are one of the many things i sell for a living i'm the electrical manager at the menard store up in forest lake and yes kenny these are my kind of gals too since chris right. and kenny <laughs> since chris and kenny were giving you quite the needle about uh, not knowing about this term, a thought came to mind about another common term, especially used for an item around the Christmas decorating season. Have you heard of an item called a suicide plug? I have not. Mm -mm, no. This item only exists if someone is dumb enough to make it themselves. It is an item with two male ends of an extension cord or the plugs on both sides. You wouldn't believe the number yeah. of people that come in and are completely dumbfounded when I tell them that this item is not manufactured. They will have to put up half their Christmas lights the correct direction. Just thought you might get a kick out of this term in case you haven't heard it. Love the show. Kevin from Wyoming, Minnesota. I mean Keith from Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> you know what he means, don't you? I don't. No. The end of the string always has a female plug, mm -hmm. if, if, if I'm thinking correctly. So he's trying to marry up two females. Oh. So he's looking for a, an extension cord with two males. Oh. I think that's what he means. Okay. Hey, well, I have a really quick story, by the way. I forgot to tell this the other day. Um. Two Sundays ago, I was tasked with um, putting up the Christmas lights, you know, around the front of the garage and the side of the house. And I always start at the one end, and the outlet is at the door side. Strung them all up, got to the end, only to discover the female end was at the end where it was supposed to go in the outlet. I wish I could say that you're a dummy, and how could you possibly do this? But yeah. been there, done that. Boy... Oh, you know what you do then? Check. You know what you do then, Chris? You go to Frats and you buy one of those fifty-foot extension cords. Oh. <laughs> you just leave them up and go get something from Frats. I yeah. took a flashlight outside and put it on flashing, 
and then sent a picture uh, to the family saying, how do you like it? And then I would say, hey, please, uh, traffic, uh, stop, stop. One at a time, please, one at a time. Because the kid I used to have, he put their house uh, on a school-sponsored tour of Christmas lights. Oh, oh. And he sent us sent us some pictures. I, I just sent back, ding, ding, when are you going to put up the lights? <laughs> <laughs> These measly strings, you know, that didn't really uh, capture anyone. Yeah. Say a great uh, ray of hope for Positive Thursday. Dave from Alexandria. Knowing how much you look forward to the 21st and the hope it brings with the lengthening of days, I thought I would ri- remind you that today, meaning today, is this the 9th? Oh, it's the 10th. Uh, uh, Today, yesterday, marked another auspicious occasion, the earliest sunset of the year in Gumption and Douglas counties. We still lose some sunlight in the mornings for a few more weeks, but our evenings will begin to brighten as of today, making those evening walks even more enjoyable up and down Main Street. A true ray of hope to help us endure the cold yet to come. Isn't that great? Yesterday was the earliest sunset. Wow, that's a good note for the 21sters. That's a hey, good so note for the uh, 21sters. Speaking of Alexandria, we've got a, a very loyal listener, Josh. He's a truck driver, and often he's yeah. uh, delivering mail. And uh, he finds himself in Alexandria at, you know, 2 in the morning, uh, you know, three nights out of five. And he shot a video, or he has a video that was shot from his da- dash cam of him driving down Broadway at 3 in the morning. So you can see the Christmas lights that Alexandria throws up, and it is sensational. Uh, and you can find that on my Twitter account because I retweeted it. They still do it in Stillwater, too. The old-fashioned yeah. across-the-street yeah. lights. Yep. Across the Very street. Cool. Just fantastic. Uh, uh, hail the Flashlight King. Hail, hail you. you. This is from Jeff. Joe, I sent you the crazy DA in Boston story, but this takes the cake. This has got to be the most asinine thing I've ever heard of. From Irving, Texas. In Texas, State Representative Terry Meza, Democrat Irving, has introduced House Bill 196. Her bill would repeal the state's Castle Doctrine. This doctrine allows a homeowner to use deadly force against an armed intruder who breaks into his home. Now listen to what she has to say. I'm not saying that stealing is okay, Meza explained. All I'm saying is that it doesn't warrant a death penalty. Thieves only carry weapons for self-protection and to provide the householder an incentive to cooperate. They just want to get their loot and get away. When the resident tries to resist is when people get hurt. If only one side is armed, fewer people will be killed. Maza was quick to reassure that her bill would not totally prevent homeowners from defending themselves. Under the new law, the homeowner's obligation is to flee the home at the first sign of an intrusion. If fleeing is not possible, the homeowner must cooperate with the intruder. But if violence breaks out, it is the homeowner's responsibility to make sure no one gets hurt. The best way to achieve this is to use the minimum non-lethal force possible because intruders will be able to sue for any injuries they receive at the hands of the homeowner. In most instances, the thief needs the money more than the homeowner does, Mm. Mesa said. The Mm. homeowner's insurance will reimburse his losses. On balance... On balance, the transfer of property is likely to lead to a more equitable distribution of wealth. If my bill can help make this transfer a peaceful one, so much the better. 
we can't have a country uh, if we continue to elect these kinds of people. We, I'm serious. We just can't. We won't have a country. She needs to be run out of office by the end of the day. That didn't go through, right? It's just a proposal, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually wow. reading her uh, Twitter page. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says that's not what her bill says, and it's misrepresented. I don't know where that story came from, but I'll look it came it from the truth about guns.com. Uh, bill would says, require Texans to retreat from attacks. Her bill does not repeal the Castle Doctrine. This is her words. Uh, does not restrict homeowners from using firearms and self-defense as applicable to current Texas stand-your-ground laws. What my bill would do if passed would require a homeowner to exhaust the potential of safely retreating before using deadly force in defense of themselves or their property. Uh, I filed this bill, the Castle Doctrine, blah, 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 blah. Well, the Texas. In Texas, yes. But she places the onus still on the homeowner. Correct, yes, to to make sure nothing dangerous happens, whatever she means by that. I hate to bring this up because it's such a god-awful story, but it was last year or the year before where a young lady was abducted from her home in the middle of the night. Her dad answered the door and was greeted by a shotgun blast to the face. Mm -hmm. He didn't even get a chance to open the door, and he was dead. Mm-hmm. Is this the I Wisconsin, recall that. The Wisconsin story? Yeah, this is the one where she finally escaped, you know, months later. Oh, You yeah. remember That's this right. one? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. had the sheriff on. Right. Why are we all forgetting that lovely young woman's name? Start with the J. Jamie. We want to leave her, leave her alone and keep her out of the public eye. Let Jamie. Her her life. Yeah. Don't even bring it up. Just, yeah. Well, we you just did. Yeah. We all know the case. We don't need the name. But in that but case... Her, her dad guy, was dead instantly. Instantly. Right. Yep. But in that case, if dad had a gun, what good would it have done him? Right. Well, Unless he took know. it to the door firing. Well, uh, I told you how I answered the door in South Minneapolis <laughs> after dark. We do have politicians among us, though, who would wish to criminalize the honest and decriminalize the dishonest, mm-hmm. under the guise of it being more equitable. As if they're entitled, the criminal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole thing about redistribution of wealth. Oh, my well, God. Well, we, we should, uh, why don't we take a short time out, and I will try to verify that. All right, but first, how about I tell you about our friends over at the Chill Boys, chillboys.com. They have been such a uh, happy sponsor here in Garage Logic, and I got another note from Kevin saying he wants to thank all of you GLers for placing your orders and making your switch over to the Chill Boys. Holiday gift giving season is upon us. What a perfect way to tell that special someone that you love them by the most comfortable underwear you will ever own. A fantastic gift for that person in your life. Go online, chillboys.com, place that order, and if you spend more than 40 bucks, well, your order ships fast and free. That's right. Reavers. Yes, sir. Do we have our own GL signature um, <gasps> named underwear yet? No, because if but we, we can should. Get, like, the Reavers pair, the Kenny pair, I propose that the pair uh, we named after Joe uh, uh, are called the I can't find it pair. Sure, <laughs> with like a trap door. You want that kind of yeah. pair for Sush. Yeah. I, I love that idea. The Joe Sushere, I can't find it pair. Awesome, I love that idea. Chillboys.com, place your order with the best customer service team around and let them know that you heard about them right here in GL. 
All right. I don't know if we should go down this road, but I'm going to anyway. Um, <laughs> Mike, Mike Schoonover is in for a surprise. The most positive man I've ever met, by the way, Mike Schoonover, on the line. You, sir, are uh, the hands-on third-generation owner of Schoonover Body Works in Glass, located on County E in Lexington and Shoreview, the sole sponsor of Positive Thursday. Hi, Mike. Hey, fellas. Happy Positive Thursday. <laughs> So, uh, Mike, uh, I apologize in advance, but uh, I, well, maybe it's not in advance. Uh, I've been spying on you, my friend. Uh, oh, and, and don't worry, it's not the creepy kind. Don't tell Nikki not to worry. I haven't been down in the railroad tracks looking at you guys. I've actually been on the Internet, and you have so many positive reviews on all sorts of different platforms that it's a tad bit nauseating, Mike. And I, I went looking for bad reviews, and they're hard to find. But when I read them, it, it doesn't say as much about Schoonover as it does about the person writing the review. You know what I mean? And it, it occurs to me, how does a business like Schoonover, how do you possibly make everybody and i mean everybody happy all the time how do you do that how do you even approach that uh well uh you're right kenny you did uh you did throw me off here a little bit um yeah yeah you know that's my job <laughs> you know it's really easy kenny um in our business number one the automotive business people are already expecting that they're going to be uh, being taken advantage of or something oh. along those lines. So, oh, you're so, so right. That's always been my attitude. Yes. So we try to dispel that. We try to give. Uh, we try to uh, inform customers so that they can make an informed decision. And then, probably more importantly, or most importantly, is uh, we um, we do what we say. So if if if, yeah. if we say that we're going to do something, if we're going to fix something, if we're going to repair something. We're gonna we're gonna follow through and we're gonna do it. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So that's 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 that simple. That's how you that's how you operate a, 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 a you know any business is you're just transparent and you do what you say and you say what you do. But some of these guys have to understand that you guys are. I mean, I've been in your 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 shop back there. You guys are busy. So that Bill from, or not Bill, his name was John, 2006, he was mad that Bill, the mechanic, didn't call him back instantly. It's like, uh, John with the Buick, chill out. Bill's, <laughs> Bill's really busy. He'll call you back as soon as he possibly can. But, uh, but he's up to his elbows in grease right now. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. that's when you are busy and you are taking care of others, it's, it's, uh, it, you know, we try to stay up and try to have all the technology available to us so that we can kind of be all things to all people. But, uh, you know, every time it doesn't work out, but most of the time it certainly does. Well, from the reviews I've seen it, it certainly does. And then from talking to GLers and, uh, you guys have just got a wonderful shop, and that's why Schoonover is always rated as one of the top shops in town. What did you say? You have to do what you say you're going to do, or something like do that, right? Say, do what you say and say what you do. There you go. You've been at it for 80 years. That's why you're the best. And thank you, GLers, for sco uh, choosing SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. This guy wears many hats. Just not indoors. Joe Sushere. 
This is from KPRC 2 News in Houston, Texas. Bills seeking to modify Texas Castle Doctrine causes stir ahead of 2021 legislative session. A bill seeking to modify the so-called Castle Doctrine in Texas is getting lawmakers riled up. The Castle Doctrine is outlined in Section 9.41 of the state's penal code. It gives people the right to use deadly force to protect their land or tangible, movable property. State Representative Terry Meza, Democrat Irvin, filed House Bill 196 in early November, which would modify part of the code to require homeowners to be unable to safely retreat before deadly force can be used. It would also remove robbery and aggravated robbery as crimes that could be legally stopped with deadly force by property owners. Mm. Some have insinuated that Mays' bill seeks to end the castle doctrine because it requires them to retreat from their property before shooting. However, Mays took to Twitter last month to say that her bill and positions have been misrepresented. It does not repeal the Castle Doctrine, and it does not restrict homeowners from using firearms in self-defense as applicable to current Texas stand-your-ground laws, Mesa wrote on November 19th. What my bill would do if passed would require a homeowner to exhaust the potential of safely retreating into their habitation before using deadly force in defense of themselves or their property. Mesa said that her bill is necessary because current law emboldens people to take justice into their own hands. I don't believe that stealing someone's lawn ornament should be an offense punishable by death, Mesa wrote. Texas Governor Gray Abbott replied to Mesa's tweet saying that there will be no reduction to the state's castle doctrine. We won't force Texas homeowners to retreat, Abbott wrote, especially with the crazy defund police ideas. Homeowners need to protect themselves now more than ever uh, clearly she's mentally disturbed what we do know is she'd remove uh, robbery and aggravated robbery from uh, uh, crimes that would prevent you from using a uh, deadly force I don't what if the guy what if the guy's got a gun to your head and saying give me your give me all your jewelry in this state uh, yeah. if you're afraid for your life you, you can defend yourself but she's making it almost impossible for the homeowner right. because what she's your ground law is what, well, what is. she's yeah. what she's creating is a situation where the criminal with a with a sharp lawyer could make the argument that the homeowner did not thoroughly enough try to retreat. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't get this. What what is the end game here with these people that want to you know defund the police and and don't they realize you are just enabling and emboldening the criminal what 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 the hell well it, it would be my take that she's uh, terribly woke five will get you ten a product of the failed academy uh, look her up who is she look her up me terry meza m-e-z-a terry meza t-e-r-r-y meza m-e-z-a uh, oh yeah okay see i well i, I only know about minnesota law so i i don't want to comment on texas um but i know in minnesota you can't defend your property with a firearm you can defend yourself um so like she gave the example oh she doesn't want people killing themselves uh, killing somebody over a lawn ornament right well we can't do that in this state and, and I, I i don't think any sane individual would prior to no. serving in the texas house of representatives Mesa worked as a teacher 
at South Grand Prairie High School and operated an independent legal practice. She was elected to the House in 2018, defeating incumbent Republican Rodney Anderson. She is a member of the DFL. And in 2020, she introduced the HB 196. I don't think they have a DFL. Wow. That's Democratic Farmer Labor Party. That's Minnesota. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Democratic yeah. Party. My, I'm sorry. What am I talking about? But here's, let me read you their castle doctrine again. My God. It gives people the right to use deadly force to protect their land or mm. tangible, movable property, under which I would suspect a lawn ornament could be defined. But sure, I, would, yep. I don't want to live in a country where you'd shoot somebody for taking your lawn ornament. You don't get to shoot. In my world, you don't get to shoot. You break into my house and threaten me, I get to shoot you. But if you want to take a cheesy lawn ornament, see you later. So, I'm not uh, going to shoot you. You know, on people's Wikipedia page, things can be added. Um, like on, uh, what was the cat we had on at the state fair? Someone put in that he was a guest. Grumpy cat. Grumpy cat. Yeah, things like that. Well, someone made the entry on Terry Mace's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. Introduced the controversial HB 196, period. She should no longer be considered Texan and be removed from public office. Go to California where your type of nonsense is tolerated. Right, right. <laughs> well, Joe, you don't live in a state where that's allowed. so you, I do. I know that. I know that. You're fine. You're fine. But in Texas, I would hope, you know, you got to root for cooler heads to prevail if you're going to start shooting people for a Santa Claus ornament. But, you know, okay, well, I'm not going to argue with you. How was, she, how was she elected in that state? Oh, it's happening. Don't worry. It's it's all over the place. You you can get there. You can get them. Yeah. You know. I mean, what if it's something of considerable value? You know. Well, play the scenario out. Well, see, I wouldn't pull the trigger myself, so I, I'm having a hard time. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, a $3 million car, but that wouldn't be sitting outside. And uh, see, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm, it's so ingrained in my brain to not pull the trigger unless you absolutely have to that I, I can't personally see a reason why I would. Um, if her bill passes, can you imagine the legal difficulties the person would face who pulled the trigger? She is heavily, heavily in favor of the criminal. Yeah. And that's what's alarming. But it's happening. We're seeing it in Portland. You're seeing it in Seattle. You're seeing it in Minneapolis. Well, I was going to say, we're seeing it here. Yeah. Well, we're seeing it with police who are, are doing it in the course of their jobs when they have to. And it's it's to defend themselves. And they're still fired and or charged with murder or whatever but the line that joe used years ago we're being nibbled to death kenny it's this today it's going to be something even more egregious tomorrow yeah Yeah, so i can't decide if you obviously don't like her suits but you you're still you're kind of contradicting yourself a little bit you guys kind of sound almost like you're on her side you joe both you and kenny how i'm I'm not on her side but uh, yeah and i don't have a problem with the castle doctrine but i think using a wreath or a ten dollar santa ornament on the yard isn't a good example yeah but then i you know and and then i think of my own and i can't think of anything i own that if i was looking out the window and i saw somebody taking it i i don't think i'd fire shots at them i I well 
But that Let's comes put it from this within. Way. It comes from within individuals. You know? Let's put it this way: the distinction between the Texas Castle Doctrine and the Minnesota Castle Doctrine. The Minnesota Castle Doctrine applies only under your own roof. It sounds right. like the it sounds like the Texas Castle Doctrine would apply to your land. Right. Yeah. Correct. Well, there's the right. Difference. And then the joke is that I've heard you know uttered in. Uh, well, I'll shoot them in my backyard and then drag them in the house. Well, yeah, that's that's <laughs> hilarious, and, but not doable. Right now until Christmas at EcoFun Motorsports. <laughs> it's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I, uh, I think oh, I have you're a funny, Joe. Yeah. Funny. Right now, <laughs> right now, new right topic. Now. <laughs> right now through Christmas. At Ego Fun Motorsports, <coughs> excuse me, perfect health. <laughs> all GLers get an additional $200 off the year-end sale prices of all Bentelli scooters and e-bikes. Popstar and Rockstar, 750-watt fat tire electric bikes at the lowest price ever of $1,299. I got news for you. I paid more than that for the bike that got stolen from me. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned GL. They're going to throw in a GarageLogic podcast sticker. Uh, and they're worried about supply lasting. Don't worry, Tim, I got you covered. Great Yamaha clothing on sale, 20% off through Christmas, and as of two days ago, a few spots left for scooter or electric bike storage, you can inquire. But what a tremendous sale. This is all the way through Christmas. All GLers, an additional $200 off the year-end sale prices of all Bentelli scooters and e-bikes in stock. Given this great weather, it'd be a great time to still get up to EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's on Highway 61. Where else would it be? And load up now. Load up now for spring riding and fun with the best sales you'll ever find. Sale prices you'll ever find. Uh, all those scooters that turn Aaron into adventures. Great youth stuff. Youth snowmobiles and youth atvs and just an amazing array of stuff and you know kenny joe earned an award here in gl uh as he began that ecofund spot and it's an award that starts like this wow nice segue <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad that tim and his daughter kaylin put up with me because they have to tolerate you morons while i try to tell you how great eco fun yeah. motorsports yeah. is yeah. Yeah. deflect the blame to us. that's right yeah. eco fun motorsports on highway 61 in downtown forest lake we're going to return with john height the guitar playing newsman University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip. We already lost him, Chris. Joe Suchere. My goodness. And I, what? And I have great news, Joe. I'm here. Uh, so, our friends at Harmony Spirits, guess what happened yesterday? I don't know. They oh, said they are bad. so happy with the relationship here in GL, they're on board for the entire 2021 calendar year. Ooh, it's wow. fantastic. Uh, I also fantastic. have good. Thank you to them. Thank you. Uh, boys, check this out. Can you see that in the camera? Here's the bottle of oh, Harmony yeah. rum that yeah. I'm going to be delivering to the mayor this afternoon. I have not tried their rum yet, so I also uh, got a bottle of rum that I'm very excited to try. Uh, and I've got the goodies for you two uh, as well. And, and Is that the one from cool. O'Brien? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. No, it's like, well, then I can't open it. So I gotta wait and give it to the kid. Reavers, can you run it up to Hooterville for me here? I, I, I wonder if my route home today could take me all the way up to Alec. I think I can manage that. 
at some point. Uh, Harmony Spirits is the brand of choice here in Garage Logic. Local handcrafted spirits made right in our backyard in Harmony, Minnesota. And they want to thank all of you GLers for climbing on board and also going into your local liquor store and asking for Harmony by name. They are very thankful for that. Also, uh, do us a favor and sign up for their monthly newsletter. And each and every month, they are going to select one person to take home one of these handcrafted bottles of Harmony Spirits. Also, check out their Twitter account. I know there's not a lot of activity with events and tastings and stuff right now just because of the the COVID situation. But that will start up again this spring. But uh, again, thank you on behalf of all of us that represent Harmony Spirits. Yeah. Here's John Height. Uh, thank you, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. Minneapolis City Council approving a budget early Thursday, early this morning, that'll shift nearly $8 million from the police department toward violence prevention, mental health response, and other programs, but it will keep the mayor's targeted staffing levels for sworn officers intact, averting a possible veto from the mayor. Additional safety for all amendments adopted into the 2021 budget include redirecting some non-emergency calls to other departments and increasing capacity within the Civil Rights Department's Office of Police Conduct Review to investigate complaints about officer behavior. An amendment to forecast funding uh, to 140 vacant positions in the police department starting in 2022 passed early Thursday on a 7-6 to six vote overturning a previous action that would have budgeted based on the current sworn police force. The vote had no impact on the 2021 budget. It was the only modification to the budget. Mayor Jacob Fry, who had threatened to veto the entire budget if the council went ahead with its plan to cap police staffing, said the vote was a defining moment for the city. The city council had initially approved a proposal to cut the authorized police force to 750 officers. That would be down from the current 888 what is your emergency? I need help. There's some people outside. I think they're trying to break into my garage. They're breaking into your home right now? Yeah. Can you send some police? What kind of police? What do you mean, what kind of police? Due to recent policy changes regarding police brutality, we need to ensure that the officers we send out are guaranteed to not be viewed as racist, trigger-happy, discriminatory in the event of a violent confrontation. Can you just send someone to help? I don't know what these people want. My family is here and... Oh my God, they just got into the garage. Please send some help! In order to send help, I need to know what race the perpetrators are, their age, their sexual orientation, what gender they are. Do they have a criminal record? Are they on drugs? If they are armed, and if so, what are they armed with? I don't care about any of that! Send help now! Sir, we cannot send white officers out there if the perpetrators breaking into your home are non-Caucasian. I can't send officers out there with guns if the alleged burglars are not armed. So, I need to know. Mm. That isn't funny anymore, you know why? Because We just happened. went through it with Terry Mays in Texas. Uh, yeah. It's the same thinking. Of, same yeah. thinking. That's what Minneapolis is turning into, too. Okay, I guess I can uh, meanwhile, in St. Paul, the St. Paul City Council passed its 2021 budget on a split vote Wednesday with two council members saying it didn't make deep enough cuts to the police department. The council approved an approximately $633 million budget on a 5-2 to two vote with council members Mitra Jalali and Nelsie Yang voting no. 
The 2021 budget is $3 million less than the 2020, includes cuts to departments across the city, including police. The city facing a nearly $20 million deficit heading into 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, leaders avoided, though, using emergency reserves, laying off employees, or raising the property tax levy. The 2021 levy will be about $165 million, the same as 2020. But Jalali said the budget did not adequately respond to community demands to defund and reform police. What? No, no. What demands? This is what I was thinking about this morning, what I'm going to write about for Sunday. What demands? I'm unaware of any demands. And, There's no well, demands and, from the citizens of St. Paul to reduce the police force. And None. what happens when, uh, if in another you know weekend of what we experienced with Floyd happens again? We, how many protests did we have since then, or have mm-hmm. we had since then? What are you going to do in that situation? She's conflating community demands with the idea that the only people she talks to are activists. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, uh, Chris, your point, uh, interesting because the Minneapolis story noted that they did budget uh, because they're assuming at some point this year we'll have a uh, in the Chauvin case uh, some ending and that's what exactly what I that. was referring to. Yeah. yeah, and they and they have budgeted for that, which is uh, which is interesting to think about. University of Minnesota is looking at possibly creating a tuition-free program for certain students in the near future. That program would be for Minnesota families with an adjusted gross income of $50,000 or less. The U of M Board of Regents is expected to talk about the idea on Friday as part of the university's system-wide strategic plan known as MPACT 2025. While many of the students would likely be eligible for other financial aid, the program could help cover the remaining costs for those students. It's unclear how many U of M students would qualify for the programs. On Tuesday, Governor Walls addressing plans for a vaccine rollout in Minnesota once approved by the U.S., which should come today, it sounds like. Walls says the biggest thing is for Minnesotans to feel comfortable with the data and distribution plan as a lot of work has been put into it, he says, with no corners skipped. The state will be partnering with both the federal government and local communities to make that plan happen. It looks like now uh, the federal government will tell the state how much vaccine is given, then the federal committee decides priorities for the vaccine. In week one of the vaccine, distributions, Minnesota will get 46,800 doses of the Pfizer vaccine in the first month, a total of 183,400 doses combined Pfizer and Moderna doses will be distributed. Hey, back to the U of M story. Do, do we know, yeah. have enrollments dipped quite a bit because of, you know, everything being online and no access to, and I, Joe, you had somebody, right, that pulled their kid out of school? Because they yeah, one of my brother's kids uh, decided to just leave the year for the year and not participate in the online stuff. Okay, I just didn't know if this was a response to that. If enrollment has just plummeted because of because of COVID, I don't know the answer to that, Chris. Okay, so that next year then they'll just be in the same grade. Is that correct? I Joe? would imagine. I would imagine. Okay. CARE 11 news anchor Julie Nelson tested positive for COVID-19, she announced oh, on Facebook. Jules. Uh, she, she said, what I thought was a nasty cold turned out to be the nasty virus. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling great, but I'm grateful that so far the symptoms aren't worse. Uh, she co-anchors the news at 5, 6, and 10 every weeknight. Uh, she said, I just wanted you to know why you won't be seeing me on the air for a while. Uh, she told her Facebook followers, she said, a good book and or binge watch recommendations are appreciated. She's the best. Yeah, get well quick, Julie. She is awesome. 
Federal regulators on Wednesday sued to force a breakup of Facebook as 48 states and districts accused the company in a separate lawsuit of abusing its market power in social networking to crush smaller competitors. The antitrust lawsuits announced by the FTC and New York Attorney General Letitia James mark the second major government offense of this year against the uh, tech behemoths. Uh, Facebook is, uh, but this lawsuit, by the way, Minnesota is involved in one of the states. The Justice Department sued Google in October for abusing its dominance in online search and advertising. Uh, did you see the news on YouTube on that same vein, John? I did not. I got this so from funny that Jordy just quoted from YouTube, which is owned by Google, which is just as corrupt as Facebook. <laughs> uh, I mean, this was from God. Jordy. Uh, YouTube bans videos claiming 2020 presidential election fraud. It's a New York Post yeah. story. Yeah. Um, Darn it. I thought, you, I thought you had read it, John. I'm sorry. No, but you don't have to, because we've all read these stories. We've been reading them for months. Google, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, you know, they're all, in our eyes, they're all the same. YouTube says it will no longer allow users to upload videos claiming that President Trump lost the 2020 presidential election due to fraud. The video streaming giant made the announcement in a Wednesday blog post titled, Supporting the 2020 U.S. election. Mm-hmm. YouTube, until this point, has allowed videos attacking the vote counting process and disputing the results of the election, saying that discussions of the election results and the process of counting votes was permitted by its rules. The new rule has been put in place because enough states have certified their election results to determine a president elect the company. Said. We are so screwed. We used to think Google was so awesome. And, and now it just, you do a search and it shows you what they want you want us to see i mean we got to start we have the to product go, yeah yeah we have to start going back to libraries and i still haven't no, watched this no up. because the librarians will drive you crazy because they're all members of the mystery <laughs> that's true and i still haven't watched the social dilemma yet and part of it's because i, I i'm almost happy not knowing <laughs> well, these guys created know. a monster. You do know, Chris. Yeah. These yeah. guys created a monster. These tech geniuses created a monster. I don't think they intended to. But, but when the monster got created, they don't know what to do about it. Right. But in the case of Facebook, did you mention this? I was busy seething, uh, John. <laughs> what Facebook what Facebook does is buys its competitors, you know, Instagram, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, Instagram and yeah. WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's how they handle it. They just buy everybody out, so they're the, the big deal. And I, had, I read a story, I don't know, a week or two ago about, you guys remember MySpace, right? How that was yeah, the sure. big thing before yeah. Facebook and how they wanted to buy Facebook, whatever, 10, 10 years ago, and Zuckerberg wanted like $10 million for it, and they went, yeah, right. And now it's worth $500 million or whatever it is. No, it's worth billions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Trump, uh, speaking of social media, went on a tweet storm Thursday morning assailing the election results, threatening a, quote, forthcoming dangerous moment in the country and blasting President-elect Joe Biden and Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, also a Republican. The spree began with a simple tweet promoting wisdom and courage before the rest ensued. The president quoted an unknown fan from one of his rallies in Georgia who threatened a very dangerous moment and claimed that things were now going to uh, escalate dramatically. Trump also railed against Kemp and Biden, claiming the Republican governor of Georgia was finished because he failed to overturn the election results in his state. In other flag tweets, the president called Biden an illegitimate president after claiming voter fraud in swing states. And the president also added an alleged quote from a friend and Fox News host Sean Hannity, who said Trump, quote, won by a landslide and that the election was stolen from him. 
the justice. <laughs> how many justice. states? How many states, John, are involved in the Supreme Court? Uh, are going to the Supreme Court right now? I know Texas just jumped on board, but how many states are there? There's four, correct? I think. I, I'm, don't quote me on that, but I think four. I believe. Would you the, disallow them from at least having their voices heard? I mean, even if it, it's the, like the case of Pennsylvania where they reject it, don't you think they're at least allowed to have their voices and their lawsuits heard? Do they have evidence? That would be uh, step one, I think, to be heard. Well, I don't know if that's for us to decide. Isn't that for the uh, Supreme Court to decide, right? Well, without evidence, what are they going to claim? Is the evidence wow! being... Wow! Nice segue. Yeah, well... I'm not going to get anywhere with this, so I'm not going to pursue it. Yep. <laughs> the Justice Department is investiga uh, investigating the finances of President-elect Joe Biden's son, including looking at some of his Chinese business dealings and, uh, dealings and other transactions. The revelations put a renewed spotlight on questions about Hunter Biden's financial history, which dogged his father's successful White House campaign and were a frequent target of President Trump and his allies. The tax investigation launched back in 2018, the year before the elder Biden announced his candidacy. Hunter Biden confirmed the existence of the investigation on Wednesday, saying he learned about it for the first time the previous day. John, you're a pretty good investigator if you found that story in the Star Tribune today because it was buried in the middle of the A section and was only about three inches long. Huh. What, what story was that? The Hunter Biden tax. Oh, yeah, the I federal saw probe yeah. story. They just yeah. bury all of those stories. Bury them. <laughs> oh, this could be a long discussion, but we'll just skip John, it. John, <laughs> <Yes>. move along. <laughs> a former Kenny Israeli. Baiting him, by the way. Stop On it. behalf of Americans, <laughs> I am pushing back against the commies that work on this show. If we had investigations John? reported of everything that Donald Trump is doing, that's all that would be in the paper. Okay. A former Israeli Get the space... net. I got a big one on. Get the net. We're going to need a bigger boat. A former I'm Israeli... opening this bottle of Harmony right now. I am too. And I don't even have one. I'm going to pretend. Former... <laughs> Joe's pretend up. drinking again. Yeah. I'll, I'll be quiet now. Pretend day drinking. <laughs> A former Israeli space security chief says Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. He is Haim Ashed, former head of Israel's Defense Ministry's Space Directorate. He told Israel's Yadiat Aronat newspaper, the unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here because humanity is not yet ready. Ashed said cooperation agreements had already been signed between species, including an underground base in the depth of Mars, where there are American astronauts and alien representatives. He added, <laughs> he added oh. President Trump is aware of the extraterrestrial's existence and had been on the verge of revealing information, but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. Mm. The White House and Israeli officials did not respond to NBC News' request for comment on this story. A spokesperson for NASA said one of the agency's key goals was the search for life in the universe, but that so far it hadn't found any signs of that. This isn't some talk show host making these claims. No. This was a big top guy in Israel. That'd be like yeah. the head of NASA. He said we got contracts signed with these we all cakes. know it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're okay. So now the aliens are fruitcakes too. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got those uh, antennas with a ball on the end of them, you know. I love you, brother. <laughs> yeah. From the Star Tribune, voting anonymously, the Murdoch, Minnesota City Council has granted a permit allowing a white supremacist church to use an abandoned Lutheran church as its third gathering spot in the United States. What? The, I'm so glad vo- you brought this up because I want to discuss this following your news. Okay. The vote Wednesday night came after the council was advised that rejecting the Asatru Folk Assembly's request could violate its religious rights. Meeting online because of the COVID-19 pandemic, the council kept its video camera turned off, meaning that other meeting attendees couldn't see the members' faces. Despite repeated requests from the online audience, council members refused to identify who voted for or against the permit, passing it on a voice vote without a roll call. One member of the five-person council could be heard voting no. Before the vote, council members heard from Don Wilcox. He's the city attorney. He told them they could face possible legal jeopardy if they voted against the AFA church based on its belief. The AFA is among a growing number of groups that seek to practice a pre-Christian European spirituality. They're unabashedly pro-white, according to statements on its website. Scholars who study pagan religions have identified them as a racist fringe group, said Holly Immore. She's executive director of Cherry Hill Seminary in South Carolina, a seminary for pagan and earth-based spiritualities. At a previous council meeting in October, AFA National Board member Alan Turnage, who's an attorney, defended the group's beliefs under aggressive questioning from community members. Turnage said the AFA would not admit a black person because they're not of Northern European descent. Huh. Several heathen leaders from the Twin Cities dialed into the meeting and issued a statement denouncing the AFA. Heathens practice a form of pre-Christian religion, typically modeled on Nordic or Germanic beliefs, worshiping multiple gods. In fact, a statement came out from Heathens Against Hate. <laughs> Bert, you realize this place is all in the Heathens camp? It does. I, You're right. Yeah. 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 What, what's you know what we're practicing? We're, pa- we're practicing heathenry. Yeah. yeah. Heathenry. That's a new word for me, heathenry. Yeah. John, what's the official heathenry. name of the church again? Can you, can you give that to yeah. me? Yeah, let me go back here to the beginning. The I AFM. can do it. It's Asatru sure. Folk Assembly. Okay. Asatru Folk Assembly. Do you think... Uh, you know, after Labor Day, that they have a church festival every year, you know, where they raffle off a four-wheeler like a lot of congregations do. Who are the redneck Peckerwoods rolling in for that service every Sunday? Wow. Jeez. I have deep thoughts about it, and I'm, I'm, I'm biding my time. Mom, Dad, I, I, I met this really great guy. Um, we're going we're gonna to get married. Well, we'll set you guys up for a nice wedding at our church. <laughs> Oh, one other thing. Uh, he's African-American. Yeah. Well, Guess who's no. coming to dinner? <laughs> who is, John? Yeah, right. <laughs> who? Sally's John. new boyfriend. John, who is African-American? Sally's yeah. new boyfriend. See, that was a joke there. Oh, I, got, I thought Sally. you meant this uh, heathen guy was. <laughs> no, oh, no, Jesus. No. <laughs> I, uh, I do worry sometimes, Joe. I'm Good sorry. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> Shuffle some papers, would you, Joe? <laughs> I got... <laughs> I got news for you about these fruitcakes. I'm going to break it down for you. Oh, whoa. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. We have another uh, COVID story about a uh, politician who uh, I think we may have to term a hypocrite. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves is defending his decision to hold Christmas parties at the governor's mansion. He chose to host the events after repeatedly warning residents to avoid social gatherings during the holiday season as coronavirus cases surges. In fact, on the same day he said that he was holding these parties, 
the governor issued an executive order banning indoor gatherings of more than 10 people. Of course he did. The governor said he invited family, friends, and state officials to multiple parties at the governor's mansion. Uh, He says, though, he expects that a lot of folks will choose not to attend. He said, uh, we'll be required that guests adhere to social distancing guidelines. A bald Kentucky man caused a disturbance at a salon after he asked a worker if she, quote, had a product that would bring his hair back. She told him no. Jeffrey Trent, 46 years old, didn't like that. He was arrested after causing a disturbance inside the salon. Six foot three, 250 pounds, walked into the frame clinic and gallery and asked about a product to bring his hair back. The employee told him there was no such magic potion available. He went crazy. According to the police report, he became belligerent, created a disturbance inside the business, throwing things around. He was subsequently arrested on a misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge. Uh, Trent was booked into the Shelby County Detention Center. In an unrelated case, uh, Trent, who remains behind bars, is facing other charges. He's in trouble for uh, a different arson, criminal mischief, and violating a protective order. Okay, so it's a history with him because for a second I was thinking, well, what did she call him, cue ball or something? Or <laughs> did she make fun of him, call him Elmer Fudd? <laughs> no, he just, he just wants some hair. Can All we right. go back to the, the COVID case just very briefly? Because I, 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 I found a couple of things this morning, and uh, one of them is from my gal, Governor Christy Nome from South Dakota, okay? Uh, she tweeted this out at about 9.30 this morning. She says, graphs the media won't share with you. California and New York locked down, closed businesses, and mandated masks, and they did the quote-unquote right thing, and their cases are still climbing. So I have a question about that, but also uh, the state of Virginia implemented a new modified stay-at-home order or curfew from midnight to 9 a.m. that will exclude those going to work. Why does that make any sense whatsoever? Midnight to 9 well, they just—they huh. they, they already closed the bars, so that that, that those aren't—they're so not that, even available. So that means they're trying to shut down parties where people are going to gather. Is that what that's attacking? Mm-hmm. Easy okay. uh, type mm-hmm. of parties, yeah. But I did want to ask again, and I'm not saying I'm anti-mask. I'm not anti-mask whatsoever. But these charts that she was uh, pointing at make sense against that argument about the whole lockdown. You know what I'm saying? The statistics between masks and no masks are negligible. Just as many people who wear masks get it as people who don't. But I still choose to wear one when I'm when I'm required to wear one. I don't fight. Well, that's that. what Doctor Scott Jensen told us, and, and he also wears puppet. one. He yeah, also wears a puppet. One. Yeah. You do what the government tells you to Why do. Why don't you go right. shoot a coyote or something and come back and tell us about it? <laughs> uh, speaking of masks, what a segue! Thanks, Chris. Hold on, you know, I'm going to get this then. Wow! Nice segue. They should help, uh, in this day and age, bank robbers, correct? Well, you they, would think so, John. Go yeah, to Portland or Oregon, Such. Or, I mean, uh, John. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, God. Are we, you guys know we're on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mississippi police. I'm the only one looking, behaving. Thank you. Mississippi police are looking for a bank robbery suspect who walked into a bank with the mask on, but then when he asked for money, he pulled the mask off. That up, boy. So he's right there on camera. There's a, a picture of him playing his day, showing who he is. Jackson, Mississippi police tweeted out surveillance images showing the man who said they robbed the bank. The images show the man 
Now, wearing the face mask, then pulling it down, he got away with an undetermined amount of money. Police have posted the picture locally. Uh, they figure somebody will uh, turn the fella in before too long. John, thank you. That was fantastic. And let's take You're up your church story in just a moment, okay. shall we? Oh, All right. Thank all right. you. Hey, this is Reavers once again for Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. I have a question for you. Do you know what you own? Well, Mr. Money Talk's clients know what they own. He has found that most people that he meets with every single day they have no idea. Yeah, they don't know. Josh has seen retirement portfolios that have a big percentage in bonds. And there are real instances of people paying more in commissions and fees than they can possibly make on the rate of return that these bonds currently yield. Know what you own. And later today uh, in GL, you're going to hear a report directly from Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. And he has some interesting notes and tips as it relates to travel. So make sure you stick around for that. Trust is often overused and even harder to find. Please take it from me that you can trust Josh. Give him a call today for that free 48-minute financial analysis of your portfolio at 952-925-5608. He's always going to give you straight talk. He's never going to give you sugar-coated advice. Give Mr. Money Talk a call today at 952-925-5608. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushere. Hey, a big shout out to our friends at Ray and Welter Heating and Air Conditioning. And they want to remind you to support your local restaurants. And they are obviously going through their hardest year imaginable. And the holiday season is usually one of their busiest times and their doors are closed. But they are trying to save all the business that they can by offering great takeout food. So it'd be great if you can show your support and order up some great food from fantastic restaurants like, oh, I don't know, how about the Highland Grill over in St. Paul, Longfellow grill in minneapolis and of course redstone down in eden prairie and don't forget also of our friends over at 30 bales uh, let's help out these folks jailers if you can anything that you can do would be greatly appreciated and thanks once again to ray and welter heating and air conditioning for sponsoring our drive to support these great establishments and if you have any heating needs this holiday season check them out online at welterheating.com so you got this white supremacist church break it on down called the Asatrue Folk Assembly, and they've received the go-ahead from the Murdoch Minnesota City Council to allow them to use a, uh, a former Lutheran church that apparently the sect purchased. Uh, for my money, the, town, the town's attorney, Don Wilcox, too easily caved, and, and by that I mean he certainly wouldn't be alone. This probably would happen all over the country, he told the city council that they faced possible legal jeopardy if they voted against the church based on its beliefs. He said there are certain constitutional protections that apply to religions. Wilcox said, I haven't seen any evidence sufficient to overcome the presumption that they are a religion, whether you agree with it or not. Well, here's what I would do. If I was king, I'd say, Mm -hmm. get your ass out of my town. You're not going to use this church because I'm saying you're not a religion. That would be my answer. Because words mean something. Religion compels a moral component. Look it up in any dictionary in the world. It's in the first definition. There's about six definitions under religion. But religion compels a moral component. Please tell me what's moral about your uh, 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 your supremacy beliefs. What's moral about that? 
Anyone? Yeah, staff? No. Staff? Well, anyone? By the standard of this being a religion, I could say uh, our religion shoots squirrels. And if you deny me the right to shoot a squirrel in the city limits violating gun ordinances, you are violating my religious liberties. B as in B, S as in S. No, you're a fruitcake who believes that shooting squirrels is some sort of religious belief. Where's your moral component? There isn't one. And there isn't one with these words I can't say. Uh, They practice a pre-Christian European spirituality. B as in B, S as in S. They are unabashedly pro-white. Well, that's not moral. It's not moral to deny your fellow man love and acceptance. It's not moral. They're not a religion. They're nutcases. But nobody in this country says that because we've got an army of attorneys that are going to leap to their defense and say you're violating their constitutional right to practice their religion. It's not a religion. We, We took a wrong turn somewhere in believing that these these outliers are actually practicing a religion. And of all people, I don't know why the local heathen community got involved. I didn't know we had a heathen community. You sign up for that? <laughs> Is there a weekly meeting? I didn't know there was something called heathenry. Hmm. Uh, but but there is. Uh, there's a heathen group. Uh, several heathen leaders uh, are, are saying that uh, they... they they don't uh, go along with this pre-Christian yeah. uh, modeled on Nor- Nordic or Germanic beliefs. Worship, worship. The AFA uh, represents an extreme extremist faction within heathenry. Uh, as longtime heathen leaders in the Twin Cities, we stand in solidarity with and share the concerns of the residents of Murdoch. Our beliefs and practices are inclusive, and do not support a radicalized version of heathen beliefs. It was signed by Todd McCoy of St. Anthony, Sarah Axtell of St. Paul, and Val Miller of Brooklyn Center. And as I noted during John's newscast, this places me in the uh, unbelievable situation of agreeing with the heathens. <laughs> I could be a heathenry follower. A, st- a statement also came from Heathens Against Hate, an outreach group of the Troth, an international heathen organization. Do you ever get the feeling... There's something going on out there we don't know anything about. I think it's wrong of us to assume that heathens would have a heart full of hate. They just don't. They're just not oh, yeah. down with Jesus, you know. That's yeah. All. Other than that, they're just normal folks. Right. Right. They're just not buying our religious well, stuff. He- heathens against hate stand against hate and extremism espoused by the so-called church. We support inclusive heathenry, where we welcome all who welcome all. See, but no one, no one's afraid. But, Everyone's afraid to be judgmental, uh, yeah. and I, I don't mean to uh, single out the uh, uh, the Murdoch City Attorney Don Wilcox. As I said, I'm sure that many attorneys in his position around the country would have done the same thing. This is only their third physical location around the world for this okay. phony phony yeah. group. I have a question about that. I seem to remember this group um, shopping around for cities and churches where they could settle. Am I right about that? I think I think, this, I, I think so, yeah. This yeah. Is, it's been an ongoing story, I think, for the past couple of years where they've been looking for locations. So if you're is part this of this the group... Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, I was just going to say that tried to uh, do the same thing in a town in North Dakota, I wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. So if hmm. you do belong to this parish, are you, are you waiting to settle? You know, like, hey, Ma, we can't buy a new place yet. we got to find out where they're going to have the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing. Where are the people going to be coming from? I mean... Or are they all doing it via Zoom? 
you know where Murdoch is. It's directly south of Wilmer. Yeah, it's on about Highway an hour 12. west of the Twin Cities, isn't it? <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's uh, over a hundred miles from Minneapolis, <laughs> but it's directly south of Wilmer. Uh, um, or excuse me, not Wilmer. I'm sorry. Directly south of Glenwood, which is directly south of Alexandria on Highway 12. The population is 278, and the fact that the city council voted without cameras on cracks me up because there's 278 people live in town everybody knows everybody and all of their ancestors and right. all of their extended family and everybody knows who voted yes and the one person who voted no just by the sound of their voice but why isn't there anybody in authority who has the balls to tell people like this go bleep yourself right. you're not going to use this church you're not right. a religion you're not a right. religion. Take your phony ass somewhere else and bother those people because we're not so, going to bend to your will, which is all BS. Well, it's got to be financial, Joe. They, they've got 278 people. I guarantee you they're broke. They don't well, that's have what a the, lot of money. Kenny, that's what, the, that's what the attorney told them. Yeah, if you don't right. allow this, they're going to sue right. us. Right, and we don't have the money to defend it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would have been... Uh, I would have been still tempted to uh, uh, to tell these people to go put it where the sun what don't shine. The, uh, what if of the course. what if the city of Murdoch Tourism Bureau uh, said, "Hey, we need the added revenue. Let's bring these guys in here and you know expand." Can I make? They a don't prediction? have a tourism bureau. Oh. We don't have a bull. We don't have a bull. <laughs> can I can I tell you what's going to happen? Sure. Sure. That that church, which is a lovely old Lutheran church, and I mean, close your eyes and picture an old Lutheran church. It's well, I'm white. looking at a picture of it. I don't need it's to close beautiful. my eyes. Uh, that church is going to burn down before the new year. Yeah. That's that, what's going to happen. That actually is what happened in North Dakota. I was just looking it up. It was a different group, but the same premise, uh, an Aryan group, and they had wanted this church, and eventually it was burned down by the residents. Yep. Of yep. The Unfortunately, one of the residents are, you know, if they have a fire department, it'd be great if they just had a big party and burned it down. <laughs> but of course they can't do that, so somebody's going to burn it down. A hundred bucks says Wasn't it's going to burn down. Well, I, I don't want to get into the idea whether it's going to burn down or not, and I certainly don't advocate that. What, the, what I'm more interested in insisting upon is that we have lost our ability uh, to to compel morality. I've been talking mm -hmm. about the decline of moral and ethical integrity in the country, and we're seeing it in so many different dynamics. And, and for these complete nutcases to come along and claim they have constitutional protection for what they call a religion, which is merely a euphemism for their loosely organized belief that white people are the only people who should be alive, that's not moral. Therefore, you are not a religion. And furthermore, we have, uh, why isn't CNN all over this? Why isn't uh, MSNBC all over this? Why aren't why aren't news gathering institutions all over this? Because they'll they run and shout to the top of their lungs that people who support uh, Trump, for example, are white supremacists. Well, here you have real white supremacists who practice it as a so-called religion. I'm not hearing a peep from anybody. These people right. are these people are not a religion. They're they're confused. They're uh, they're antiquated. They're uh, they're nuts. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, nobody disagrees with you. You're right. They're nuts. 
So don't give me this, I'm a, we're a religion BS. No, you're not. Where's your kindness? Where's your acceptance? Where's your inclusiveness? Where is your forgiveness? Where is your love? Where is your embracing of all? Where is your truth? Where is your comfort? Well, They're no better than Annie Gaylor and her 1959 Pontiac ambulance hearse on the other side of the equation. Mm-hmm. It's the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. And nowhere Bleep in the article you, does Afu it... or Fufu or whatever your <laughs> name is. <laughs> nowhere in the article does it say that they hate black people. You have to read between the lines, but you don't have to be that bright to read between the lines here in reading their quotes in the paper. We support strong, healthy, white family relationships, according to the statement of ethics. We want our children to grow up to be mothers and fathers to white children of their own. We believe those activities and behaviors supportive of the white family should be encouraged, while those activities and behaviors destructive to the white family should be discouraged. So nowhere does that actually say they hate black people. But boy, that's what I got out of that. You know what I'd love to see? That's what I got out of it. I'd love to see the Reverend Tim Christopher show up in town and say, I want to join up. I want to join oh, y'all. Tim would do it too. <laughs> that oh. be fun? Oh. Oh, be we like, should uh, roll in. It'd be fun to roll in with a whole bunch of folks. Oh, that'd be great. And mixed race marriages would be the best too. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! That would just be so much fun. So who who was the uh, who was the comedian who did Burt Reynolds on the Saturday Night Live Jeopardy? Oh, uh, Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. Yeah. You know, and he said, uh, nah, "I just want to know uh, who is who is uh, Andre the Giant." Andre the Giant. So Tim Christopher could go out there and they'd say to him, "But do you know what we're all about?" And he said, "No, I just want to join a church. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a reverend. <laughs> I'm a minister." <laughs> You recall we were talking about the uh, lack of cleanup on Lake Street? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, I was listening to yesterday's podcast where you and the guys were discussing the fact that cleanup of the destroyed properties along Lake Street has not gone anywhere since the destruction this summer. Just a minute. Just to save my sorry self from things. Okay, that church, they're allegedly nuts. How's that? I got to throw it no, allegedly. I'm gonna go, I'm going to go full out. Yeah, yeah. I own a small demolition company here in the metro. I, I mean, Oklahoma. Very shortly after the... <laughs> Very shortly after the dust settled in June, my company demolished and cleaned up the Shell gas station building on Lake and Park that burned down live on television on the night of May 29. It was one of the more disgusting jobs I've ever done. Melted coolers and display cases, exploding pop cans, burned and melted gas station food and snacks, etc. While we were cleaning up a neighboring property owner who owns the used car dealership repair shop down the street stopped by to visit. He and I talked for a while, and he described the experience he and his son had during those awful nights. They each took turns standing guard all night long to defend their property. Multiple times, rioters, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I mean peaceful protesters, tried to break through his gate or climb the fence. He actually held one person face down on the ground at gunpoint for two hours before letting him go, since he knew it was futile to wait for the police to show up that night. Oh anyway, after a few minutes, he was looking out at Lake Street as a black Cadillac Escalade SUV slowly turned the corner onto Park Avenue. He said to me, see how that driver's door is partly open? He's getting ready to pull the trigger on someone. He told me it would be wise to get behind the dumpster we were loading debris into. It was about 11 a.m. I promptly did what he said and never turned my back to the street the rest of the day. We completed the cleanup in about a day and a half. We had to leave the full dumpsters on site for another week. 
as I learned that landfills won't take burn debris until a week has passed since it burned. Safety reasons. Over the next few weeks, we talked to multiple property owners whose buildings had been destroyed. We gave four or five of them a bid to clean up their properties. Weeks went by without hearing anything. When I reached back out to a few of them, they told me that although my bid was the cheapest of the ones they received, they still couldn't afford my price because their insurance companies would only pay a fraction of the cost. I believe this is the primary reason why cleanup has gone nowhere. Insurance won't cover it, and they can't afford it. By no means am I trying to gouge anyone, contrary to Councilperson Andrea Jenkins. I'd love to have the work and keep my guys busy. I offered a fair price with a modest profit. That's called business. But the cost is what the cost is. Just this month now, the city started to bid out the cleanup of certain properties as public projects. Their strategy and methodology is ridiculous. Two properties are out for bid right now, 2941 Chicago Avenue and 810 Lake Street. Look them up on the map. They are directly adjacent to each other on the corner of Lake and Chicago. Looks Mm -hmm. nice and neat on the map, but in reality, it's one giant pile of rubble. Common Mm -hmm. sense would would suggest that it would be efficient to bid this entire pile as one project. But no, they're bidding them as two separate projects. The buildings, before they collapse, share a common wall and foundation. Assuming the two different contractors are each awarded one of the properties, how are they going to agree on who takes down the common wall? After the debris is removed, we are expected to fill in the basement levels with clean fill. Again, how do two contractors fill in one hole divided by an imaginary property line? In addition to that utter lack of common sense, the city, in its infinite wisdom, is mandating contracting goals in these bids. Contractors are required to subcontract a minimum amount of work to what they call MBEs or WBEs. In other words, minority-owned and women-owned businesses. My company and at least 25 others could solely complete all this cleanup entirely with our own workers. No subcontracting needed. They also require workforce goals. We have to actually employ a certain percentage of women and minorities to be eligible. You also have to possess a city-issued record license to do this work, which of course comes with an annual fee collected by the city. Along with your record license, you need to pay a wrecking permit. The list of complications goes on and on. No wonder it's taking so long. As I said, I'd love to have the work and employ some hardworking Minnesotans along the way. But with all this crap, I doubt I'm going to waste my time bidding on any of them. Joe, did you also happen to notice that as you drive down Lake Street, not only are their destroyed buildings not cleaned up yet, but many of the remaining buildings are completely vacant. Windows still boarded up or covered with paper. The entire area will take at least a decade to recover if it ever does. Good luck. Always pushing back. Uh, Mark, no, uh, Kevin in Oklahoma. He wants to be Kevin in Oklahoma. Wow. Joe, they're going to use this, uh, the, the city's going to use this as part of their plan to force the 2040 thing down our throats. Mm-hmm. And it's already happened with the Walgreens, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's now the wall, the site of the Walgreens, uh, and I don't remember the uh, address. It's, it's much further west down Lake Street from uh, Chicago Avenue. But that's going to be developed into uh, condos and housing. Tim wants us to know that Jacob Fry's salon credentials are impeccable. Wednesday's podcast, excuse me, I'm having a Roycey Lake gas attack. Wednesday's podcast mentioned that Jacob Fry moved to Minneapolis from the East Coast, but most people probably don't know much about him. Fry actually grew up in Oakton, Virginia, which is a suburb of Washington, D.C. 
It is only 16 miles from the belly of the beast, and most of its residents either work for the government or lobby the government. Some some might refer to it as the swamp. The median family income in Oakton is $188,308, which is about three times times the national average. Clearly, the third rail of government runs right through downtown Oakton. But Fry's parents aren't government workers or lobbyists. Care to guess what they do for a living? A butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker? No, not exactly. Both of Fry's parents are professional ballet dancers. These are perfect credentials for becoming a member of the Minneapolis Salon, and it explains why the boy mayor can't really relate to the people Kenny hangs out with in West Bullfrog, Minnesota. (laughs) Well, there's nothing wrong with being a ballet dancer, but it sure does seem to uh, sweeten your resume as a member of the Salon, doesn't it? Yeah. Those are interesting facts. I I did not know that. The twins uh, have a player from Germany whose parents were... Max Who? Kepler. Max Kepler. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to uh, uh, rip uh, uh, ballet dancers. Uh, Joe, it's uh, Priscilla here from Seattle. I remembered how much you enjoyed and pondered the Seattle is dying documentary a while back. I was watching the nightly news and heard that the same reporter has done a sequel to explore the topic further. With two small kiddos, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, but thought you might enjoy it. I'll be listening to the podcast to see if you thought it was worth the time. Thanks always, Priscilla. And she linked me to komonews.com. And you could look it up yourself. Seattle, a tale of three cities. Hold on. I think, I'll try to watch that. I'll post it. What was it called? Seattle, a tale of three cities, you said? Yes, yes. I actually spoke to that reporter because remember we tried to get him mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. And he, he said he'd love to, but it had become such a hot button uh, issue where, you know, one side's accusing the other. And he got caught up in the middle of it. He just said, I'm just trying to lay low right now. Uh, maybe I'll reach out to him again. Say, Spencer Grunhofer wants us to know that he continues to appreciate mightily the GLers who have made Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo such a must-attend, a go-to destination. Uh, they blew out the doors last Saturday, best weekend since Labor Day. And uh, and GLers, you've been you've been responding kindly to my request that you stand down on your orders of the new meatloaf that is not quite ready for its public debut yet, but the uh, the regular meatloaf is still available, of course, and uh, along with every other great thing you've come to enjoy at Grunhofer's, the brats, the tomahawk steaks, rookie burgers, belly burgers, oh man, the meat sticks, the ham, the double smoked thick-cut bacon, it's just fantastic, and just a glorious spate of weather here that is prolonged the grilling season and uh there's no better place to get your supplies than uh, grunhoffers think about grunhoffers for your christmas dinner the prime rib is available for example and you will not be disappointed these are the best meat products we have in the region Uh, where are they where else they're on highway 61 just north of downtown hugo it's grunhoffers old-fashioned meats in hugo It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. Why are we so long-winded today? What do you mean? Uh, Jason wrote us yesterday. He had served some tours in Iraq. He said, yesterday I told you the first time I heard of GL was my deployment to Iraq. 
This is also the first place I heard the phrase, Hail the Flashlight King. It was shouted in the dark as one on my squad blasted me straight in the face with a very bright flashlight. So for the entire deployment, Hail the Flashlight King became a contest. Everyone wanted the best and brightest light. It was dreadful when you were the victim of the blinding, but so sweet when you were able to be the blinder. But everyone had to say the phrase, Hail the Flashlight King, before blinding someone. This was the only way to avoid repercussions. But the best was to get someone when they had their night vision on. The ultimate win. P.S. Kenny, I'd love to pack the custom coyote gun and head down and hunt with you using the honk and a decoy. Always pushing back Jason from Wadena. Thank you, Jason. Jason, you're very close. Uh, You're within an hour, Jason. Show up anytime. I didn't know we were that big in the the armed forces. Oh, yeah. That's so awesome. Hail the flashlight. Do you know what it's like getting blasted with a spotlight when you've got night vision on? I don't want to know. I bet it's terrible. It's got to burn a hole right in your head. Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, from Tom Lyman. On this day in 1878, the Northwestern Telephone Exchange Company of Minneapolis is organized with 53 subscribers. The exchange began operating in Feb 1879, and a line was strung to St. Paul in April of 1879. And on this day in 1930, Sauk Center's Sinclair Lewis received the Nobel Prize in Literature, the first American ever to be honored. His popular titles include Main Street, Aerosmith, Elmer Gantry, and Babbitt. And finally, on this day, December 10th. Gantry was drunk Mm -hmm. great opening line in this uh on this day in 1966 james arness a minneapolis native famous for his role as marshal matt Dillon in gunsmoke appeared on the cover of tv guide how do you like that nice joe when you were a youth how many numbers was uh how many digits were in your phone number four two six two seven eight one Oh, so all of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was Garden 6 before that. What? Just Garden 6? Garden 62781, so it would have been GA62781. What's Garden? What is that? Well, the phones, Chris, for you uh, for you young people, the uh, the exchanges used to be, you know, for example, along University Avenue, that was Midway. So, you, you know, Midway 65421 or whatever. Oh. There was Capital, Midway, Garden, uh, we used to know all of them. I don't know them anymore. So you had to spell that out before you dialed them? No, you'd use initials. Oh, I, I think Garden was GA. That's why. Midway was probably MI. I don't know. Huh. Now you have cell phones, so we've come a long way. Right. How did you send a text back then? You had to write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, thanks, G. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. yeah. We done here? I, I never so. got to Forest Lake. Maybe I'll save it till tomorrow. Where they used uh, COVID relief money to build a new golf clubhouse. How do you like that? That's pretty good. I, I think that's brilliant, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, don't forget about our friends over at Pod MN. If you missed out on the chance to purchase that Garage Logic flag, well, one lucky person that listens to GL through Pod MN is going to get the chance to win that flag at the end of December, and you increase your chances. Each and every time that you listen to Garage Logic via the Pod MN app. Download it today. Hey.
It's that time again in Garage Logic. We talked to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold here. You should give him a call for a free 48-minute financial analysis right now at 952-925-5608. He will always give you straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. And Josh is on the line with us right now. Josh, I have a question as it relates to, you know, we're in the middle of the holiday season, travel. Uh, how is travel doing? Are we increasing or decreasing travel right now? Uh, Chris, based on anecdotal evidence, at least coming from the airline, lines, travel is increasing. If I take a look at some of the cruise lines that are on pause, at least through the end of March, travel is going to be increasing in the spring and into the summer. If I take a look at my favorite Las Vegas casino companies, travel during the week is light, but travel during the weekend is much higher. Companies like Caesars are showing extremely high occupancy rates on Thursday night through Sunday. And if I take a look at companies like Bookings.com, formerly Priceline or Expedia, travel is definitely increasing based on their revenues and calls going forward. And then if I look today at a new offering coming from Airbnb, which was priced at $68 and is getting ready to open trading at $150 a share. So if you were in the got into the IPO early, you've got an instant profit, but most people have to buy Airbnb on the secondary market. And it's priced exceedingly high. We'll have to see over the coming week how that does. Travel is definitely on the upswing, not on the downswing. And with vaccine coming, travel potential is, to me, only going to be on the increase going forward. Very good. And that's the kind of focused approach that you're going to get each and every time that you visit with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Again, give him a call today for that free, yes, I said it free, 48-minute financial analysis today at 952-925-5608. Straight talk is what you're going to get each and every time. Never sugar-coated advice. Josh, thanks for the chat. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. Have a great weekend. Okay.